life was like a box of chocolates. There is no place like... You talking to me? All right, Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. Nobody puts baby in a could have been a contender. He's looking at you, kid. Here's Johnny. A very particular set of skills. Your milkshake. Go ahead. Make my day. I'll be back. I am the father. I'm Spartacus. Say hello to my little friend. Why so serious? You shall not Welcome to another episode of the Real Features Podcast. I'm your host, Paul Cookson. On this episode, we are counting down the top 50 villains of all time. This is part three, and that means we are on to the top 10. Very, very exciting. Um, Some very big names to be discussed. Again, uh, joined in the panel, I have Sam Lavery, Paul Bonadio, and my brother, Daniel Cookson. Um, I'm not going to lie, this episode, uh, at this stage of the night, we had had a few drinks. Um, there's a little bit of profanity, I've just had to warn you, and uh, I think um, a little bit of slurring as well as we get towards the end, so bear with us. Um, hopefully, it's still quite entertaining for you all, but um, uh, a lot of discussions to be had and uh, definitely keen to hear all of your thoughts. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel. Here we go. All right, and we're back. Uh, so we are up to the final 10 of the top 50 villains of all time in cinema. Uh, number 10 on that list is... Dennis Hopper than- from Waterworld. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> A great villain, uh, I've got to say. Yeah. Dennis Hopper villain. on Speed as well would be a good one. He didn't make the oh, list, but yeah. how good was Dude, that how one? How did he so not make Hopper it in general? Yeah. Dennis Hopper. Dennis yeah, Hopper. it's true. Just Dennis yeah. Hopper. This list needs more Hopper. But anyway, no, number 10 was actually Javier or Javier Bardem. Uh, Bardem. Um, no Bardem. Bardem. Uh, no Country for Old Men. Um, yes, Sam, I feel like... Yeah. over to you on this one i feel like you can give this one a good one no pressure i think i'm gonna put it out there guys in oh. terms of a weapon to kill someone in a movie he has the most freakish weapon going on yeah this thing puts holes in your head puts holes through anything doorknobs whatever the hell similar to most of the, i feel like there's a theme and it's a kind of a cool theme that we're discovering through this list is that the best villains cannot be stopped mm. or they have that perceived... Mm. Scary because they just, yeah. Scary because you're like, you put up a door, you put up any barrier, they can get through it. And once again, this with the gas tank, the dude, you hear the gas tank, he turns it on. Even the little details in this film, when you hear him turn it on and then use it, and it's just, it's got a freakiness to it. The 70s vibe of this film is awesome. Um, Cookson, you have a massive stiffy for Josh Brolin, and I think mm-hmm. he's great in this film too. Um, it was a, like, a, a really a, a great film, and mm. I think the, the film that also launched Xavier Bartom uh, to, to, to mainstream and how yeah. he became, you know, in Bond films and, and others, but he's a great actor in his own right. but. This one really Absolutely. nailed him down. 
It's a Cons Brothers one, this one. And, and yep. uh, yeah, um, it's, it's funny because I actually read the book. This is based on a book. Um, I read it recently and um, the book's actually fantastic. It's actually a, a really read. Oh, I audio, audio booked it, but uh, it was... Someone uh, <laughs> <laughs> read it to you me. You haven't fucking picked up a book since fucking Oliver Twist in grade four. Oh, oh my God. <laughs> Oliver Twist. Oh dear! Um, you know, Paul yes, played no, the, the Arf- book is... Dodger back in high school. Yeah, right? oh, it was actually the Arthur Roger. It was actually the Arthur Roger because of uh, I think it was uh, was it copyright. Copyright. Roger. The Arthur Roger. Will Roger. But, um, yeah. Yeah, mate. but um, yes. Uh, <laughs> In all of um, <laughs> I've thrown you. I, I apologize. You phased me. You yeah. phased me. <laughs> um, but the book is actually really good as well. It's quite menacing. But again, he, you know, what Barton does to this, um, you know, it's it's amazing. He's he's just um, creepy as hell. I mean, the scene where the you know he goes into you know gets the petrol or whatever, and you know here's the coin, call it. You know, oh my gosh, like it's just the implied of what this guy is going to do to this guy if he calls it wrong, and his dialogue, how the way that he you know says that to him, and um, again, yeah, you're right, Josh Bolin. Um, is an interesting character, but you sort of feel from in this this chase that is going on throughout it and you kind of hope that Brolin's going to make it through but um, yeah he just he just seems unstoppable he just seems to have all the answers and he's just a, a human but he does not seem human in this in the way that he sort of goes about things and um, you're right you're spot on Sam like I mean this this role you know elevated and, and really um, you know Avia Barton like from here he, he goes on to make so many other films off the back of this you know as the villain he um, it, it really catapults him in. He was, I think he was big in the foreign scene, but um, this just brought him into mainstream so much. And yeah, amazing. I'm pretty sure he won the Academy Award for this and well-deserved as well. Do foreign bond, films matter? Oh. <laughs> yes. Yes, um. Sam. <laughs> no, they don't. No, no, they don't mean nothing. Unless it's in English. What, I don't know where why. was he making foreign films, though? What films in Bond films? films. Sorry? Foreign Sorry. films. Oh, foreign, foreign films. films. It was in foreign. Because right. he's Spanish. Yeah. 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 Ah, right, right, right. No, no, no. I understand. Mm. Any other comments on, on this this one, um, Dan? Or Men, no, I, I, think, um, I think he's awesome. I think... I think... He, I feel like he's... Javier Bardem is one of those... One of those actors that fits into that. I can play bad characters really well. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean that he he was in that. I, that's why I misheard. I thought um, you said Bond because he was in. He was the Bond villain. He was. Yeah, that. he was in Bond. Yeah, mm. yeah. It wasn't a very good Bond, true. but he was very no. good in it. He was. Yeah, a, he, that was, he one was of the better. He had his face oh, kind of half missing, and yeah, mm. yeah. He was kind of one of the only shining lights in that that Correct. Bond film. But anyway, yeah. I actually didn't think that one was that bad, but um, of, of the Craigs, I thought it was his second best. But um, yeah, did you? Anyway. Mm. Mm. Really? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, number nine, uh, we've got Agent Smith, yes. played by Hugo oh. Weaving in The Matrix. Yes. I feel like I could kick to any of you on this one, and and we'd bring it home pretty strong. So open it up. Who wants to take it? 
Give it to Glove. Yeses. Glove, yeah, glove. glove can do this. I was, was going to say Glove. Yeah. It's on his peppermint tees. He's feeling oh, no, good. I'm back. I've got the whiskey. Oh, you're on whiskey. Is there that monkey go. shoulder? Tell us what it is. It's monkey shoulder, Sam. Oh, my. <laughs> <laughs> There's a whiskey called Dude, monkey you are shoulder. literally sponsored by them. It's incredible. <laughs> I'm a man of habit. And, uh, you are. Agent Smith. Wow. Agent Smith. Um, you go weaving. He plays Agent Smith. Gee, the, the whiskey. Um, yeah, amazing. Um, I don't even know what to say. He just plays it perfectly throughout all, all three of the uh, movies, the two sequels. The, the first sequel wasn't that bad, but, um, mm. you know, Agents, uh, Hugo Weaving actually wasn't the original choice for it. There was someone else that was going to play him. And Hugo Weaving came in at the last minute. I couldn't imagine anyone else but Hugo mm. Mm. playing that role. He's magnificent. Mm. What I know, right? he was cast in that. And he just, yeah, his voice those- and the way he spoke, yeah. Oh my god! Like some of those first scenes, like there's some iconic scenes that I think to set mm. that character's tone and how he's going to affect the entire series. And a few of those scenes in that first film, when they're in the interrogation room, and you know the one where it's like you know you help your Lindley you know, take out her garbage, <laughs> and just his voice is so good and. The way he plays mm. that, and what what's cool about that first Matrix, especially, is how they film it all in Sydney. And Hugo's obviously mm. an Aussie. We all go for him, but like Aussie aside, I don't think there's anyone else who would have played that role better. And he fucking nailed it, man. Nailed it. And it's it. almost back to what you said, Sam, about like the common theme about the villains being unstoppable. I mean, this guy, like, he cannot be shot. Um, yeah, you know, in the first part, he's just unbeatable and he just keeps coming. And you, anytime an agent, oh my gosh, there's an agent, like they all just, and mm. you know, the, the, the humans that are there, they're amazing, their abilities, yet they run. Like, you see an agent, you run, and he's the forefront of that. And it's so intimidating of what he can do. And then, obviously, as we see the future ones and what he becomes, I mean, that's why he literally is the counter to what is Neo. And as Neo's finding more abilities and becomes more powerful agent smith's right there with him he's he's finding his own powers and getting just as strong as him and he he literally breaks out of the matrix and you know in in the end as well like it's it's amazing and yeah no it's it's huge character that's for sure yeah massive dude huge and um a lot of those characters also and i feel like he the consistency and the strength of the character was maintained over the entire series of, you know, The Matrix. So mm. I feel like his character was, you know, it was immortalized by that series. Mm. Yeah. All right. Uh, number eight, we have Christoph Waltz in Inglorious yep. Bastards. Yeah, this is all glove, this one. Glove. <laughs> uh, well, that first scene. Yeah. Arguably one of the best scenes of all time. The tenseness that it builds up, and that sets the whole movie up. And, you know, there's one fault about Waltz is that he plays kind of a similar character throughout the rest of his movies. He's so good in this that you can't not think of the character he plays in this in every single other movie that he does. Man, he's incredible. And one of the other, the other best of his scenes was when he is with 
Oh, jeez, I'm not going to get this right. But when he has the cake, do you remember when he's eating the cake with the... Oh, man. Yeah. 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 Amazing. With that woman and... Yeah. yeah. Um, mm. Amazing. One of... I, I, I'm... Dan mentioned it was an underrated film, but I think this film is one of my favourite films of all time. I don't think it gets enough credence. Mm. Interesting. Yeah. Maybe shove that up your jumper, Dan, you know? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I did warn at the start of this podcast it could get aggressive at each other and it could be some sort of aggressive. (laughs) I was just... I think it was a, a shot of Dan. I was just stating that he yeah. <laughs> Oh, sorry. I, mi- I misinterpreted that. <laughs> I feel like a real asshole right now. Dude, I, re- I like, honestly, that first scene, I think just even if this was a podcast on first scenes, he's number one. That's where the in Jews terms are. Of, oh, the like, house, isn't it? Where like he's sort of making those. Is that's the that's the scene, isn't it? Where the first scene around. is yeah, yeah. yeah in that, that first house, house when he's and, interrogating yeah. the like whatever yeah. Dutch family. Where are they hidden? Like that they and he just knows where they are. Yeah, dude, it is such an incredible scene. Like Tarant- mm. one of Tarantino's best mm. scenes. And Agreed. as a bad guy, Jesus Christ! Like it's just it's palpable. It's you could cut it with a knife. And um, yeah, no, I agree. He is he's fucking up there, and it it stays there the whole movie. He is he's consistent the whole time. And the charisma that he brings is just amazing in that role. Like it's just oh yeah. You know what? Also, Cookson, because like that when you first saw that film, because everyone runs out like Tarantino film. I'm gonna run out. I'm gonna watch it in the cinema. I'm gonna see it. No one knew because he was a German film star. So people mm. from Germany and Europe might have known him. The common, you know, whatever, Australian, American, whatever, UK, no one knew who this guy was. So you're kind of watching it exactly for what it is, trying to take it in. You don't know if he's good or bad. So when you first watched that scene in the cinema, that's what got you. And that's what made mm. it such a powerful scene because you're like, Jesus, halfway through the mm. ceiling, this guy is evil. Mm. And then, like, mm. it was just, it built so beautifully. Yeah. It was incredible. Absolutely. Yep. And good call. Well summarized. Uh, we'll probably hang with you, Sam, too, because coming in at number seven is Robert Patrick, the T1000 in Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Sorry, did you say number like- one? Is that number one? Uh, something like that. So already. Sorry, I'm not getting it in my ear properly. This isn't number oh, seven. Over to you, glove. Uh, do you want to glove? No, I'm with glove. This is such a, a a precious moment, but I want to pass it to you. It's not going to transfer into your screen, but um, I think we could almost do this together because this is our most loved. Villain and backing up Slav's thoughts before, I don't think I heard number one in that sentence. No. Wow. No, it's weird. It's weird. Steve's podcast.com. hang off with Let's talk about the character. All right. <laughs> everything, everything that was spoken about about what makes the best villain, he's not seen that much. He's seen just enough. It's about halfway through the movie. You won't see him for about half an hour. I think it's after the, the truck chase, one of the best chases of all time. 
You don't see him. And then all of a sudden you see him walking along the street as a human. That looks like a human. He just walks amongst us, but can't kill him. There's, there's nothing you can do. How are you going to kill this bastard? There's the fear that was struck into me as a kid watching that, there was nothing else like it. Put it as number one. Let's stop this podcast. <laughs> this right now. This is bullshit. Sorry. <laughs> but now I'm going to pass that torch back on to Sam Joseph Lavery. Sam Joseph Lavery. Paul Bondier, thank you so much. Um, it, it was a movie that defined my life. It was a movie that, and I know you mere cookson's that we're doing this podcast with. <laughs> There's two of you. <laughs> my, my greatest friends. And the thing is that I know that it did the same thing. When you're, you were young and you watched this film, it scared the hell out of you. And as Glove touched on, it scared the hell out of you because you didn't know how to stop this motherfucker. And the thing was, he could run 100 kilometers an hour. His arms literally extended with steel to whatever he wanted. I, like, he, he could, Im, like, intim, like, emulate, 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 whatever. He could become <laughs> any... The drinks are getting me. He could literally become anything he touched. You remember that awesome scene when he got towards the, the security guy in the, the vending machine and be, literally turned into the other guy. Like it, it, It's just... Yeah. He is almost the ultimate bad guy. And I feel like that's why being this low on the list, I'm not sure oh, how much better... No, no, no. I'm all say, I'm saying... Let me finish. Let me finish. To this. Let me finish. I'm just not sure how much better a bad guy if we're looking on the stat sheets. Because I think he covers most of them. I think he runs fast. He can turn into anything. He kills... He can't really be killed unless you have like a fucking... But he does, doesn't like, he? He gets killed. Yeah, he does at the end of the movie. <laughs> and he but doesn't like, really if, Unless you his... have a like a, a lake of lava, Dan, which you probably do at your state, but like not normal <laughs> people don't. He only kills one. He doesn't even kill a person, actually. So just kills <laughs> have you watched people. the films? Oh, it's a couple people. <laughs> Maybe like five or something? Dude! Uh... Oh my oh god! It's like prodding Man, the... This guy is <laughs> just like he—he like, he like, a little kid like, just your, like your... throwing behind the fence. Just... Oh, dude. <laughs> dude, he revolutionized film. This was in 1992. You rewatch Terminator 2 right now, and it stands up. It's a testament. James Cameron's best piece of work. I know he's done Avatar and all that, and we're waiting for Avatar 19 to come out right now. <laughs> and nothing's happening. But Terminator 2 is the best film he's ever made, hands down. Wow. And um, I think that the T-1000 is probably my favorite villain in the whole world. Wow. Mm. They tried to obviously replicate <laughs> they tried to replicate the T-1000. The third one, they had the, the, that, that lady who came in and sort of had mm. the... Exoskeleton that, and even one of the most recent ones, they did that weird thing where it was like half 
T1000 half robot and then they can both sort of fight and stuff. But no, I think that's also testament to Robert Patrick and the, the coldness that he brought to that and yeah. um, the intimidation that he brought as well was was amazing. I mean, even his it's, power yeah, running, dude. like the little things for that, like the head forward. He when head forward where his head doesn't really move, but his body is just like yeah. you know, running. It's amazing. But um, It's funny you say yeah. that, Cookson, because like all the James Cameron, when he got Robert Patrick, it was like a look. He's like, give me the look. And it's this intense look. That's mm. what got him the role. Mm. And and you read Arnold Schwarzenegger's autobiography, anything about the, the set of Terminator 2, it was horrendous. It was horrible. Mm. It was the worst set to be on. It was not fun. Arnold Schwarzenegger said it was like just, it was shit. He's the star of the movie and he's saying it wasn't fun. Like he's saying really? it was good. He said it was like, we got it done. James Cameron is a, like, taskmaster. So you mm. get on there. You do your job. Get out. I don't want to see, like, there's none of that. Like, <laughs> there's no niceties. So Arnie says that in his book. And if he's a star saying that, can mm. you imagine what it would be like to be <laughs> anyone else on that set? Like, and that's why it's such a good move because they got mm. in there, they did it, and they killed it. Love the passion. Love it. Right. Anything I, to add to that? I got we should, we've, we've gone on this character for a while. We probably should move it hey, on. Paul, yeah, was there oh, any, please. Right, okay, we'll please, Paul. Right. For the number one character, I'd like to add a couple of more bits. <laughs> Firstly, oh, actually, just one last bit. If they make another sequel out of this franchise, I will full-on fucking kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, will we live stream it or like do we get hits off it or what? Dude, I'll oh jump God. off my balcony. I'll I'll leave a oh, no. note to Dude, they will do that. You know they're gonna do that. Fuck. Yeah, they'll, they'll definitely be another sequel. I mean it didn't make a whole lot of money, so that might slow them down, but you know they go back to that level at some point. Did that last one not make money, Cookson? No, it, it so to oh, the point great. they actually said oh we we don't know it's a bit of a sinking franchise. So it might I reckon really? it'll slow them up a little bit, but I think they'll come back to it or something. They'll reboot it. Yeah, yeah. Don't say that, Dan. It makes me so uh, sad. Man, they will. It's, it's the reality of Hollywood, isn't it? All right. On to number six. Uh, so on number six, we've got uh, from one of the great films, Once Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, the Academy Award winner, Louise Fletcher, for Nurse Ratchet. Um, she is an absolute stone cold killer as uh in this i mean the the way that um we can see that like you know um jack nicholson's characters yeah he's definitely got some problems but he's he's it's almost like in there he, he has more issues through what the way that nurse ratchet's sort of character he's she's so her facial expression of how just almost in some points expressionless but how powerful that is as well like in throughout it um She's by far, that's why she's in the top 10, one of the best female villains I've seen. It mm. was powerful. That is why one of these, this film is one of the best because you've got the... Jack Nicholson was so much uh, in this role and then she's just the stop to it and just, you know, the, the counter to, to Jack Nicholson's character. And Jack Nicholson is such an amazing actor and that's a, him at his powers. And for her to, to counter that in this role, in this film, is just... You know, a testament to it. So, yeah, yeah. Dan, what are your? Thoughts? Yeah, Dan, please. 
Oh, I, I thought I, I agree. I think incredible performance, and I think it's um, uh, yeah. I remember I remember being like being quite um, uh, emotional after watching this this film because it's kind of like the Jack Nicholson character is um, is kind of he's such a full of life kind of character, and ultimately she wins and takes that essence away from him. And yeah, I guess that's the sad thing is that definition of what crazy is. And, you know, in some way he's got problems, but definitely not crazy. Sort of just, just an extreme personality, but yeah, it's, um, it's interesting because she, she totally wins, doesn't she? In some way Mm -hmm. she she gets, you know, it's um, one of those characters, one of those evil characters that does win in the end. And yeah. No, I very much warranted being in the top ten for sure. Who directed that? Was that Kubrick? Uh, No, it wasn't. Um, Um, Question. Who directed that? It was a very good director though, and it had it had like Danny DeVito, Nicholson, had a bunch of really good actors Mm. in it. Obviously, yes. Uh, Milos Forman, I think that's is the director. Yeah. Right. Probably mm. the scariest thing about her is that again she could be a real person. You could probably, to be mm. honest, to change her with Sam's current real estate agent. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, she gets good prices. You know, I don't give a shit. <laughs> she kills <laughs> other people's lives. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't matter about me. Yeah. I'm with Dan. Like you walk away from this movie with a really bitter taste in your mouth. A lot like after very similar to the Elephant Man. Yeah. Walk away just just down on life after mm. seeing that, you know, there's people capable of that. It's like, she plays it so well, again, in The Elephant Man, too, well, of a different movie, but you're almost angry at the actors and the actresses because, you know, how can they take on a role this evil? Yeah. So, mm. At the same mm. time, I think that when an actor does that, they've yeah. done their role, that's, they've done their, the best they can do. Yeah. Mm. If you walk away thinking that, Man, as an actor, I reckon you'd be so happy that oh, you walk away yeah. thinking like that's Great. that's yeah. the best an actor could get. Yeah, hundred percent. Mm. Agree, hundred percent. Like to, to elicit that sort of emotion from your audience, dude. You've yeah. done your job. You've done your job, and then as, as good as you possibly could have. You know. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent, dude. Incredible film, and what what cookson i want to ask you this as the uh managing director of real features obviously (laughs) many employees under you but like um jack nicholson's most defining roles that or the shining i i would say the joker for me preference uh dan sorry i wasn't uh dan shut shut the fuck up sorry Sorry, dan it wasn't (laughs) shut up it wasn't at you Turn his mic off. Just turn it off. <laughs> um, yeah. Can we close that, that quadrant off? Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I'm once flew over Cuckoo's Nest. It's probably my top ten film for me. I really, I love it. Love it. So uh, that, that, that's so amazing. That, as so, a Nicholson yeah. film, that's your favorite Nicholson film. Absolutely, absolutely. Yep. For me, it is. Yeah, I think it's yep. so powerful. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah. What do you guys think, Dan? We know what you think. Well, I think as good as it gets is um is right up there as well. So <laughs> as good as it gets. <laughs> <laughs> this goes silent. <laughs> Anger management or something. Yeah. Uh, 
Yeah. No, uh, um, yeah, I agree. Cool. Do you, though, Dan? Yeah. Do you? You, you interrupted <laughs> before. I mean, he's had Jack Nicholson's one of my, I, he'd be like almost like he'd be in my top 10 favorite actors as well. I mean, he's made so many good films The Departed. Um, yeah. You know, he's, yeah. he's had so many good films. So, yeah, hell of an actor. That's for sure. Are Leonardo DiCaprio and Jack Nicholson slowly um, forming into <laughs> the same person? Good <laughs> <laughs> uh, question. Serious question. Like, seriously, yeah, serious he's question. Like I want to know. Is and it like actually, just like getting his hands back. Like, I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, top five. <laughs> Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> top five. Um, number five. This is, look, uh, probably on most lists, you certainly wouldn't be up there. But for me, I... I think this performance is, it took me away. I, it blew can me away. I, can I, I say amazing. this one before you say it? Oh, what have you got in your bag? All right, go on, do it. <laughs> All right, I've got um, Dennis from Jurassic Park. <laughs> <laughs> yes! Yes! Oh, damn! Who else you got? Have you got any more? You want to do any more? Uh, I've got um, Dennis Hopper from Waterworld. Yeah. Yes. You already said that one. <laughs> yeah. I you said that one no, no. I said Dennis Hopper from um something else, but not Waterworld. No, no. It's, you said Waterworld, Waterworld, and I said Speed. Yeah, but so, I fucked that yeah. up. No, I fucked up a punchline. It was meant to be Waterworld. Hey, Waterboy. Sorry. Anyway, that's my. <laughs> okay. I've got a whole bunch of jokes written down here. They haven't worked. Anyway. <laughs> Smooth. Um. But the uh, uh, what was the original one I went for? Oh yeah, Jurassic Park. Dennis, yes. uh, amazing, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so oh, gotta say the magic word. Awesome. Was it Samuel Jackson's one? Or yeah, no, it was. Dennis. Yeah, yeah, that was Samuel yeah. Jackson's line, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> what, so, what he number say? five. What, what <laughs> Dennis. Oh, anyway, go on. Sorry. Oh, what was it? What did he say? No, what did he say when he was like? At the, he's like, no, hold on to your butts. Oh, oh, Dodson, Dodson, we got Dodson here. Oh, that's right. That's right. Nobody no cares. Yeah. Shaving cream. Great film. Yeah, yeah. On the, on the pie. Yeah. Dog. So good. It's so yeah. good. I actually think there is merit. Dodson, we got Oh, no. He was such. He stole the first half of the show, I think, personally. <laughs> there you go. And there were dinosaurs, and I still would rather watch Dennis. (laughs) Take fucking Simba or whatever you had in the fucking first (laughs) half. Lion King. Number five, we've got, uh, I've actually got uh, Rosamund Pike in Gone Girl. So I, this film, as I said, it blew me away. I think the, the complex character that this was. Look, probably technically, what's the cuckoo's nest? Nurse Ratchet could have edged her for sure, but I think, um, I think, uh, yeah, Rosamund Pike was amazing in this film. Um, the what the twist that comes through, the change of personality where she's, you know, kind, your, your kind uh, wife and all that sort of stuff, and then how twisted, manipulative, how intelligent all of her, you know what she does, you know, she puts on the weight and um, how even the final scenes where she's there talking to him and um, how creepy she is, she kind of wins and he almost, it's almost like he's attracted, like after all the shit that he, that she drags him through, he almost like 
he's almost it's almost like because through the first film he almost finds her is if he's like becomes bored with her or something like that so he goes off to find the exciting young woman and then when he realizes the full potential of this you know what she has it's just yeah i think it just um amazing such a testament to her her character and um we talked about you know earlier in the list you know glenn close and um you know could demi more missed out on it and, you know some of these other sort of characters um female femme fatales but um i think she steals it i think she's amazing in this film any thoughts on that guys silence okay very high <laughs> um, I thought I, I thought dude I think that's um I'm just gonna say no one wanted to say anything. I reckon I I agree that was a phenomenal film. Loved that film. I thought she was great. I think that's very high for her as a as a bad uh, guy I villain. Saying, I thought you were saying you were very high. No, no, <laughs> I am also very high. But I am also Dan, you're very correct there. Um but I think that's very high. Yeah, I, I, I think if we're looking for femme fatales or female villains, I think Kathy Bates from Misery mm. um, would probably rate a fair bit higher. Other villains, I, I, I don't want to. Oh, geez, but I think me? I think the difference between Kathy Bates and her is Kathy Bates. You you almost from the start. I mean, definitely. Kathy Bates is gross compared to her, I guess. Uh, not that, but like for, throughout that, you know, Kathy Bates. You, but whereas this, the change of character, how manipulative is, and like just the the complex story of how calculated she is. For years, she has this plan on how to come back and destroy this man's life and, you know, where people would just usually just leave, whereas she just wants to fuck him over so badly to do this complex plot. It's one of the most complex plot, like, twists, like, as far as, you know, setting somebody up where every action within the film has such a big part of of the final twist and, yeah. But do, do you think she's a better bad person than, like, a villain than the T-1000? Because <laughs> that's what you just said. No, but you're, t- but you're talking about, again, So, but you're talking about the T-1000 as far as who's scarier, as in the villain, as in that. Whereas if we're talking about, there's very different versions of villain, and I'm talking about villain and her, her calculate, like, the way how calculated she is. You've got to take things in context and the, you know. Dude, the T-1000 yes. got sent back through time to kill someone. Yeah, but that's again, you're talking about, crazy. yeah, T-1000 versus her. I don't, you know, we're not talking about that in a fight. We're talking about in film as far as who is the, you know, as far as a villain, as far as, you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's so much to her character. Whereas the T-1000 is a robot, amazing, and there's so much to him, don't get me wrong. But, you know, there's the dimensions that she has is is so deep. There's so much to it. Like that's got what number I'm, seven for crying out loud, Sam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I think in the scope of cinema, though, is she a better villain than Dracula? Is she a better hey, villain than Frankenstein's body? But, yeah. um, it's in, monster. But it's about Simba the Lion. Is she a better one than Simba? So this is my top 50, guys. So just reminding of that. Well, this is my personal opinion. So, I, don't, I don't think she'd make my top 500, Cookson. Top 500. Yeah, dude, she would so Of female villains. Female villains? Mm. Yeah, sure. But it's not a female villain top... So it was your top it's, a, it's a villain top 50. It's not female. No, oh, so did you put a, a, top, a top 10 villain just because she's a female? No, not at all. 
I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, but you said not in your top 500. No. Of all time, no. Wow. I would look... Not would look, in your top 500. Wow. Top 500 is a stretch, but top 200, top 300, I, I don't know. I just, it just wouldn't be someone that would come to mind for me. Interesting. Agree to disagree, but we'll move on. All righty. Um. <laughs> Fair enough. Number four, we have Norman Bates in Psycho. I agree with that 100%. Off, off mm. to you then, Glove. Do you want to give this one there? Oh, as creepy as it gets. And talk about, um, you talk about pure evil, even the sort of epilogue they have at the end of that movie explaining, you know, that he's just pure evil. Some people are just pure evil. And he's the epitome of what a villain is. And for that day, for what Psycho was, for people who hadn't experienced anything like Hitchcock's thrillers like that before, people were scared shitless in the cinema. And it, it still holds up today. Amazing. Amazing. Great choice, Paul. <laughs> Call. <laughs> I, remember seeing, I remember seeing this one. I remember the exact time and place. I, I hired it as a DVD from my uni library and I watched it in front of my laptop with my headphones on and I could not believe that the main character died at the half, like, you know, halfway through the film. It just kind of, I mean, even though I knew that it was going to happen, I thought that that was at the end of the film and just kind of rejigging my brain at the time, just sort of going, how is this film going to continue on without a main character? It kind of couldn't compute. I'm sort of talking about the film in general now, but I guess it was, um, yeah, it was a, that was a harrowing scene, um, and yeah, an, an excellent, an excellent character. If you think about it, so, so many, uh, well, certain movies have tried to impersonate that. I mean, even mm. Scream tried to impersonate that with mm. Drew Barrymore in it and trying to get a big name and then kill her yeah. off in the first scene of Scream, which was a like a really awesome first scene. Even in its own right, but yeah. it's interesting those those classic horror film scenes like it and the drain and the the boat and and then um, and this one with the shower scene, yeah. Like it's it's just so iconic. Everyone knows it. Um, yeah, but um, yeah, so the many ending, parodies yeah. reel off that yeah. too. It's hilarious. Like just in common folklore, you see all those sketches and stuff. It, it's awesome. Yeah, Anthony Perkins was so good at that, and he yeah. was He was never able to do anything again. He was that good in the role. So, mm. so amazing. Yeah, yeah. That Perfect. scene where you sort of see him, you know, dressed up as the like just yeah. mental, like just how how disturbed. Do yeah. you guys think it's the best Hitchcock film? I like The Birds better. Like really? The yeah, I'm a big Birds fan. Yeah, I like The Birds. Oh, oh. For, for tension, I think Rewindow. That's my favourite. Yeah. Yeah, that's. Mm. Geez, it, it's, it's a toss of the coin. Yeah. yeah. Um. Is is Rewindow with Tippy Hendren? Is that? Uh, it's got mm. James Jimmy Stewart and uh, James Stewart Grace Kelly. Grace Kelly. Ah, right. Um. Yeah. Um. Yeah. South by uh, Southwest. Yeah. yeah. North. North. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, South by Southwest <laughs> Festival. 
<laughs> it's life. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Speaking of which, number two. Oh number, my god. No, sorry, number three. Number three. three. Sorry, number three. We have Hannibal Lecter, the Silence of the Lambs, Anthony Hopkins. No <laughs> good. Move on. Yeah. Jesus. It could have been, you know what? I know we're getting to the very pointy end. Could have been number one. Could have been been number one because he is, dude, career-defining role. And I re-watched Silence of the Lambs recently and Jesus Christ, dude. His scenes, electric, captivating. Any scene he's in, you just, you cannot not watch it. And it's timeless. It stands the test of time. He is such a, yeah, just words can't even describe what he's done. Yeah. I mean, the intellectual, that's almost like a superpower of his. He is so smart and, and someone who's so intellectual, yet he has this side where he literally eats people. Like, amazing yeah. signs of things. It's, um, it's funny because most people that he talks through throughout the film, you can see he knows that he has the power over people because he can t- out-talk other people and um then um you know when clarice comes into it he's fascinated by her he's intrigued by her and he sees something in her that others don't and um yeah it's um yeah but he's so so creepy i mean the mask is so iconic um you know just every every part he said i can smell your uh, not gonna say it not gonna say it (laughs) (laughs) but dude some great scenes in there like those jail scenes though are so tense man when she has to walk through those high security scenes even when he's walking how good's that scene when he's walking the like whatever i don't know what they call it in jail the park when he's walking the the interior thing and he just goes out, like jumps out with the mm. chain to his neck. It's just there's so many mm. good scenes like that. And where it's yeah. between the char- like the charisma between him and Jodie Foster is yeah, really, really well done. And the fact he's quite old and quite small. If you look at him on, you know, Anthony Hopkins, he's not really intimidating. But the presence that he brings when he enters the room, you are scared. He has such a presence to him because of the character and, yeah, that he's built and Mm. the way he portrays it. It's it's Well, Glove said he looks like he's gross and doesn't work out. Like, that's what he said about it. I have said Thank you, Sam. Um, (laughs) I think that character can't be there without Jodie Foster. I think she elevates that character to a different level, Clarice. And I think yep. so with the sequel, the sequel's nowhere near as good. Uh, I think Juliet Lewis, not Juliet Lewis, uh, and Moss, Moore. Uh, Julianne Moore. Moore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He saw what that the movie suffered, and his character suffered because. Um, you know which, what though? I've which is crazy about Julianne Moore, which you love, Glove. Mm-hmm. Apparently, in person, you meet her in person. She's absolutely beautiful in oh, person. She is like stunning. I don't. I don't. Mm. Doesn't surprise me at all. Children, men. Mm. Uh, my wife's just correcting me she's like that's what I said I can hear her yelling at me through the door which is normal (laughs) 
But I mean, that's the thing. Julianne Moore is such an amazing actress in her own right, and yet still, like, you know, it's like, yeah. <laughs> um, but yet in that role, like, you know, she's almost, yeah, doesn't almost live up to the expectation that um, Jodie Foster does. But yeah, amazing. Amazing. All righty. We're now finally down the top two. So Shit. number two. What was that? Sorry. Shit, this is exciting. This is exciting. Number two. Don't interrupt, Clough. Sorry. The Joker, Heath Ledger in particular, so many different versions, Joaquin Phoenix, Jack Nicholson, who uh, <laughs> was the bad version, um, I don't think of his name, Jared Leto, um, yes. But, but, so just um, to clarify here, Cookson, are you, you're nominating the Joker as a character, not as an character. actor of certain, certain character. people? And that's the thing, I think, like, Yes, definitely the character. And and the thing about Joker is it is such an incredible... I think I may even have said this in a previous podcast, but what is so amazing about this role is that, um, you know, it's last the test of time. It is almost on par with Batman. His superpower against one of the best superheroes is his, his intellect. He can match it with Bruce Wayne. Um, you know, the fact that two people who have played his role have won Academy Awards. I mean, he is such a complex, crazy, in-depth, you know, actors love. It It literally killed Heath Ledger to get stuff out of him to perform his role. Like, that's what I just said. And <laughs> he's, it's, yeah, amazing. It's just an incredible character, I think. Um, so, yeah. Even I agree. going back to the even the old series, Romero, or I've forgotten his name, but even him playing the Joker, Mark Hamill. Caesar mm. Romero? Caesar Romero? That's yeah. Easy yeah. on the racism, Dan. Quite <laughs> oh, <laughs> get that, Sam, but thank you. <laughs> I don't know what that was. I don't either. I'm, I'm uh, actually lost on that one. Uh, Oh, let's not, let's not dive into that one. Says had about two bottles of wine. We can keep it. <laughs> Dude, I think Sorry, the Joker yeah. has oh, yeah. had Sorry. a history of really like awesome actors. You're right. Like Nicholson, even if you started Nicholson, I'm sure it was before then. But Nicholson defined the character and made it something that was like people didn't think would be matched. No one thought that that could happen and then ledger brought his own like like really did anyone think that you'd outdo nicholson ledger then did that and i don't know if he outdid that but he he brought something to it and he added to the character and i thought that was incredible and that's there's almost so many different versions of the character that we've seen throughout it as well and that's the depth again and the the how much this character just yeah opens up i mean it's crazy to think he was literally just a comic character and you know a piece of paper and what actors have been able to get i mean we're talking about some of the you know amazing actors and and literally Joaquin Phoenix is probably his best performance and he's such a good actor do you actor. think like, Joaquin Phoenix was better than Ledger Cookson uh, I, it's hard because it's it's a hard one to say. Look, personally, I'll, I'll answer it quick. Uh, I definitely think I my pre- preference is Heath Ledger, but I think um, Joaquin. I mean, he had a whole role to explore. He had so much room to go with it, and I think so much of probably what he had was set up with what um, Ledger um, probably paved in what he turned the character into. But 
both look both neck and neck, both amazing performances. But yeah, I think I think he's just turned it to such iconic. I mean, it's literally one of the best. Yeah, amazing. One of the most best performances I've seen. Like amazing. Yeah. Heath Ledger. What do you guys think? Heath Ledger. Yeah. What do you guys think? Round table. I think Heath, and I agree with that because Heath Ledger had a third of a movie to work with. He was mm. in he was in Bugger All. He was certainly in thirty minutes of a whatever two and a half, two hour movie. So I, I'd say definitely. Ledger. And and Joaquin had I, I yeah. really enjoy that Joker movie, but I, I'd agree with you there. I think that Heath won that one. Love. I think Heath as well. Um I remember first hearing that Heath Ledger was going to play the joke, and I was like, I don't know, how, how, how's that possibly going to work? Mm. What he did with it, yeah, it's Heath for me. Damn. I mean, I, I watched The Joker more recently. I thought The Joker was amazing. I, I thought it was one of my favourite films of that. Was it twenty last year, 2019? Mm. Dude, it was a great I was just film. like, oh, my film. God. Yeah, I really did. I remember, but also, like you guys, I remember seeing Heath Ledger. I remember, like you, Glover, I was like, how is Heath Ledger going to play this role? It doesn't make sense to me. And then watching it and just like, oh, my God, he changed the game, you know, with that performance for that character. And I think um, that opened up the the road for the guys like um, uh, Joaquin to, to play play that character um you, you'd argue that film would never a joker film in isolation would never never have happened without a ledger paving the way for that mm. um that to be happen to happen but the joaquin performance was in, was insane oh, it was so good i haven't seen a film like that since taxi driver yeah um, good call good call. which we sort of talked on the one of the last episodes of, of uh, the Real Features podcast where we talk about the fact that um, they definitely drew a lot out of Joker from Taxi Driver. Um, mm. That's why De Niro was in there and um, so much of that sort of thing between that and um, uh, The King of Comedy as well, which was sort of a mix of those two films. But, yeah, definitely mm. amazing, that's for sure. Um, no love for Jared Leto, I imagine. No? No. Right. Haven't even weird. <laughs> Cool. Was he actually good? Was he any good? Uh, no, no. So really, good. he didn't like get a, mentioned on this podcast, Dan. Yeah, oh. tattoos. He was like a goth sort of random, yeah, rocket. Like it was bad. Yeah, not great. Really? I mean, he's a great no. actor, but geez. And but you know, talking about small screen time, he's on it for like ten minutes, if that, and um, some bad dialogue in a shit film. And yeah, yeah I heard he, the he dialogue did, was terrible. Yeah. Yeah, probably a little bit unfair to him, but yeah, at the same time, what he was doing with the role was, I don't know, it was always going to be tough after Ledger, but yeah, not good. Mm. All right, number one. Oh. Holy shit. Number Dennis one. from Jurassic Park. <laughs> yep, Sam, what have you got Dude, for Dude, have I got any more on this list? list? What have I got? We've done all this. I've got Jim Carrey from The Cable Guy. Oh, good. Good. Oh, jeez. All right, we might have to. Where was he bit. in this, you motherfuckers? He didn't exist. Uh, you can beep all this out. Uh, <laughs> Pierce Brosnan. No, I already did that joke. All right, damn it. All right, I'm out of jokes. I know. Sorry. I feel like the cussing from Sam in the last ten pop ten has increased. Every it's ramped up. <laughs> you guys are gonna have to beep out some stuff. That's the beauty of podcast cooks, and this isn't live. You can you can do it. You can cut yeah. all this shit out. I, I'm not even talking right I now. I probably won't, but that's all right. Number right, one, good. Dennis Hopper course. from Waterworld. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, we haven't heard that one yet. 
Pierce Bronson from Mrs. Doubtfire. Yeah. <laughs> it is Darth Vader from, of course, a little film What's called Star from? Wars. Oh, yes. yeah, of course. Yes, amazing. Uh, we'll get to Glove in a second. Um, but Darth Vader, um, yeah, I mean, a man who looks so weird in the first version, we see him, a guy who's breathing through a ventilator in a black suit with a black cape. You don't know what to expect. But <laughs> the deep voice that James L. Jones brings to it, the presence, the you know, the complex character that we start to learn of what he is, He's choking people from a distance. He's choking him through a video conference. He's, uh, yeah. It's like Harvey He's Weinstein. Like... <laughs> it doesn't make sense, but it's so oh, good. Yeah, uh, you're enjoying it, though. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Yes, uh, <laughs> amazing though. Very, very uh, intimidating, and and obviously the start of Darth Vader that we see in the original ones. Um, another original sword fight or you know saber fight's quite boring um, in context, but um, he certainly has a presence, and um, you know even to some of the the sequels that we see Vader and and the power, and I mean you know he's he's one of them. He's got to be in, you know most iconic villain. We talk about villains, so many classic lines from him. Um, Amazing. Uh, You're a massive Star Wars fan, and I know this. So, obviously, this naturally would have been towards the top of what you want. Was it naturally the first guy you went... When you put this list together, were you like, all right, there's a few things I know. Darth Vader is one of them. That's my number one. Was that what you thought? Or did you look at other lists and go, oh, that is... No. Was was Darth Vader your your absolute natural number one? Was Bond Girl number one at any stage? Jesus. (laughs) (laughs) Number two. (laughs) No, no, no. He's definitely number one straight away. He's number Um, five Gone Girl. I remember that. No, but but Darth Vader was your definitely number one. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Very easy for me. Did you... Like, honestly... Culturally, as a society, I think that's that's right. Mm. Like, mm. I'm a big Star Wars fan, not as big a fan as you, but that just as a a, a guy who grew up in, like, I was born '85. That film just breeds through you. Like, you just you watch all those Star Wars films. You know those films. Darth Vader is an iconic bad guy, a villain. So I think you nailed that, man. Yeah. Thank you, Dan. Before we get to glove, I'm waiting for gloves, the big final on this one, on the final thoughts. But uh, Dan, uh, no, I, I agree. It's the, he has quite a mystique around the, the character of Darth Vader. Um, yeah, I mean, he's. Um, I think there's something in that the fact that we just don't see his face and we mm. we never see his face. It just it just gives him this sense of mystery and this super powerful guy, this imposing voice. He never shows much emotion, although we know he's been taken by the dark side. And yet, you know, with Kylo Ren, we see that emotion, but we don't, we never Mm. see the aggression. It's always so controlled and that measured control, but hate is just like, that's like a crazy concoction, but then we can't see his face. I think there's just, it was just the perfect mix of everything. And, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I remember when we saw uh, 
was the recent film? Um, it wasn't uh, Rogue One, where he's Rogue One, down the where he came in towards the end. I mean, like honestly, yeah, he he came on, and I think everyone just got so buzzed. You know, it was a tiny little cameo, cameo but it was worth every cent that I paid for that for that yeah. cinema ticket. So, do you feel and like you're Darth Vader in your company, Dan? <laughs> <laughs> Now, when I wear um, my helmet and cape, uh, uh, I think I think you uh, I think you summarise it well. The fact that you don't see his mask, and and it's actually quite funny because in the final one where you see him reveal his face, everyone's like, "Really? Is that what he looks like?" That's it's him. Uh, it's just some dude. Does he work like... in IT or something? <laughs> 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 that was a weird one but I mean you know yeah. like you said that um, I mean he could literally sense when people were on board like he seemed amazing he could block bullets like you know this guy was just yeah Dude, mental he, empowered, like, he, just... like, he had HR on his body he had everything <laughs> he'd feel everything alright I'm looking forward to this glove bring it home thought's oh, dude just smash it Bring it back to T1000. God yeah. damn it. Now, you know what? When I first started, when we first started the countdown, I was thinking it can't be Darth Vader because I love the character. I think he's such a great character. I don't see him as like a, a hated or vicious person. But then I thought about it and I'm like, who else would I put on top other than Darth Vader? Honestly, don't think I could put anyone else other than him. He's as iconic as it gets. He set the, the mood for summer blockbusters. We're still talking about him. Was, what was it, 77 the first movie came out? 79? Yeah. Something yeah, like that. It might that. be 77, yeah. Um, no, look, I've, I've definitely changed my mind. I, I, I agree. Oh, He's okay. a worthy, more than worthy number one. My only yeah. right the start was like, can you have like someone that's, not cartoony, but not real as a villain, but you can. I mean... Could he be Italian? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Jeez. Uh, he could be. You're going to get cancelled after this, Slabs, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> of what? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, nah, but I think it's a worthy number one. I couldn't think of anyone else to put on top of number one other than Darth Vader, so... Definitely changed my mind throughout the year, throughout the countdown. Nice. Very good. So that's the top 50. We'll do a quick check-in on the one person that <laughs> each person, if you have one, no pressure. Oh, nice, uh, Dan. Dan's, nice uh, background. background I'm going to change mine something I don't that um, wasn't. This is not going to play well on the podcast, so we'll just quickly... <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> So one person that you guys think uh, missed out on the top 50, I think we've all been pretty vocal on uh, probably Predator, but um, was there anybody that you guys think in particular that stands out that missed out? The Penguin from Batman Returns, I reckon, is a big one for me. Wow. Yeah? Yep. Clever down. What did you guys go? Um, for oh. me, it was the, uh, the shapeshifter from It Follows. Oh, good one. Good one. Nice. That's a okay. good one. Mm. Um, all right. I'm going to go. Uh, I reckon 
the Gary Oldman character. I don't even what his know what his name is from Air Force One. Ah, uh, yes. Ah, very good. Yeah. Harry Ford. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I reckon nice. another interesting thing is like would be TV um, TV villains. Very true. So, yeah, uh, I only had one that maybe could have missed out, and that's uh, Predator, Two Face, Lex Luthor, Jigsaw, Jafar, um, Doctor Evil, Captain Hook, Leatherface, Harley Quinn, uh, Basic Instinct, Jaws, Chucky, Ghostface, Hal. 900 from 2001 Space Odyssey, Kylo wow. Ren um, from Speed, Howard Payne, Darth Maul, um, Scaramanga from Bond, Goldfinger, as we mentioned, um, Frank Costello from The Departed, um, Saruman from Lord of the Rings, Boba Fett, Star Wars, Jabba the Hutt, Magneto, Buffalo Bill, Shredder, The Penguin I had on my extended list, Sheriff of Nottingham. From Mr. Batman Bond. Returns? Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs Uh, Rutger um, Hauer from Blade Runner Pinhead, Hellraiser um, Candyman um, Bill from Kill Bill Cyrus the Virus from Con Air Oh dude, he would have gotten your top 25 Jesus So just a few Anyway, Uh, that brings us to the top 50 I'm sure we all have our own list And mine's certainly been torn apart in this one So thank you very much I want to thank you Though Paul Cookson You put your list together And it takes balls to put a list together Because you know people are going to pick it apart And anytime you put anything out In the public forum You know it's going to be taken apart And you did that tonight And I think that takes balls It was a very good list I couldn't have done that, so well done, and uh, you put up with all that bullshit. So, thanks, well guys. Done, Paul. Good stuff. Yeah, good yeah. Good Thank stuff, you. Man. And jokes aside, I do, I do, I, you know, that's the whole point. We have to listen. We like to debate because it is good uh, that you guys tear it apart because yeah. it is good. And we all have our opinions, and that's uh, yeah. It's good. And I like jokes good. aside, but seriously, we're going to make some massive fucking changes to this list. <laughs> <laughs> Stay tuned for the next one where we will uh, go through Sam's revised version. So no, we won't. But uh, <laughs> we live in communist China in this list, all right? <laughs> <laughs> thanks very much all for listening and again Dan thank you for joining us thank you love <laughs> thank you very much thank you Pauly Dangerous appreciate it Pauly Dangerous I like, I like it and Sam Glavery thank you very much Paul, Paul Cook thank you so teach. much for having me here thank you <laughs> Dan were you saying thank you at the same time as me no I was going like, to say aka the, the T the T 1000 Don't ever talk over me again. Sorry, can we take that over? (laughs) Uh, Thanks, everyone. Thank you again for listening. And uh, yeah, goodbye. Thank you very much. Bye.